What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bike Racing Weekly. I'm your host, Rick, here with my co-host. Hey, guys, this is Ryan. And we're back after another short little break. Um, I was gone last week, Ryan. And I was gone, too. You were gone, too. Yep. Yeah, very I, different reasons. Different reasons. We both did some biking, though. Yeah? You I were in Alabama, much correct? less so than Rick. That's true. I did about four or five hours. A week? A day? No. Oh, during the entire week. Oh, for the entire week. Yeah. Okay, okay. You know, well, you're on a bit like a family vacation. Yeah, I was on a vacation. That's like that's not too bad getting out for like five hours when you're like with your family, kind of sneaking away. You're doing some mountain biking too, right? Yeah, I did mountain biking about five <laughs> miles or ten miles away. It was like a ten fifteen minute drive. They actually had really nice mountain bike trails out there. Like I was super impressed because they they doubled as like hiking trails, mm. but they were not overgrown at all they were since they were hiking trails they were pretty well maintained they're they're decently wide uh but they were super nice that's pretty nice they were fun i i wouldn't have thought alabama would have would have had much of like a mountain biking scene so that's pretty sweet well see uh alabama where we were we were in like the hill hilly area i wouldn't call it mountains but they were really big hills yeah like yeah so like one of the trails that we went down was like it was a like five minute downhill and you're just bombing downhill Mm -hmm. and then it's like the equivalent going back up but it was like a super technical uphill but again Mm. like there was no overgrown there was no brush or anything so it was a very wide open uphill climb like it was great that's sweet man yeah so we nice. do like 10 miles a day. And just ripping around the trails. Yeah. Not they were pretty fast. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw you guys had like some GoPro videos I saw. That was pretty sweet. We did not have any GoPro videos. You didn't have GoPro videos? That was Richard. Oh, different day, right? Yeah. That oh. was that was a month or two oh, ago. Oh, I thought that was from your Alabama That trip. was not recent. Oh, okay. No. Okay. That nice. was when um, we went for we went for like a three and a half hour. Mountain bike ride. Emma... We, we did the Emma Carlin, oh, the John connector. Muir connector. That's sweet. And then we took a bunch of GoPro video, and then he did that. He, he took that uh, bit of video to do as a promo for CritFit. Yeah, He must nice. have just had time. Shout to, out to CritFit Army. Yeah, he must yeah. have just had time to, to do it. Sick, sick. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Well, I, I just got back from a week, a little bit more than a week, I guess, of bike racing. I was down in the Chicagoland area for the Intelligentsia Cup. Yep, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Is <clears throat> that's right. Racing for 10 days straight. While working the event on the setup and the teardown crew. Yeah, it is recommended that you do hard labor before and after bike racing. Correct, and don't forget, you don't want too much sleep. No, it's too no, much sweet sleep yeah. makes you weak. As much sun as you can get. Right. If uh, there is rain, try to be in the rain as much as possible and dehydration is definitely a yeah, plus yeah. yeah i mean that's i mean no no way to get around it really mm-hmm. you're going to be dehydrated yeah you and you're going to want your your diet to be mostly bonk breakers uh, we actually bonk breaker was not a sponsor oh. so my diet was primarily um egg and cheese biscuits from mcdonald's and chicago style hot dogs there you go yeah great race fuel but uh yeah so it was a it was a an interesting week to say the least um so yeah i was there with the event uh crew I was on the setup and teardown crew, and a cool benefit that you get if you do or work some of these events is they let you race for free. So I did that for a few days. Um, the racing, well, you know, it just it didn't go super well for me this week. No. I, you know, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I guess it's just kind of like when it rains, it pours. Um, I had two like minor crashes, just went down in corners. Um, yeah, just that's about all i can say about him you know just like came into a corner cooked it too hot i was even running some pretty low psi but i just kept losing my front wheel what are you running 
What uh, were you running for those? Typically for those races, I was running like 80 PSI. Okay. You know, I guess I've heard of people that went lower, and I was running 25s. Um, 25s? Yeah, I'd say about 80, 85, for, especially for current races. Yeah, I've always considered myself the, a good bike handler. The but, Cliff Bar uh, team runs like 80, and those guys are not small. No, no, they are not. Um, I guess I've never really experimented going down below 80 PSI, so I think that's probably... My uh, my next task before our kind of last big race of the year, we can talk mm-hmm. about that a little later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first the first day I had uh, just a washout, and then a couple days later I had another washout, um, and then I got let's see seven days into the race at the uh, race in Niles, and after the race, uh, somebody behind me was so I rolled in at like ninth place, and somebody behind me was sprinting with their head down. And they just slammed into the back of me. Um, I went down. Uh, my finger was like sticking out to the left. It was kind of freaky. So I popped it back in. I had some really bad road rash because we actually weren't going that fast. I was just coasting like after the finish line. So I just like re- hit the ground pretty hard. Um, and then he, when he hit my bike, I th- he also broke my bike when he hit it. So I completely lost one of my chain stays. It's just gone. Um, so yeah, that was a bummer. That was seven days into the race. So I had three days worth of road rash and four days left to work the race, which was hard. But it was a cool race to work, though. So we would get there really early in the mornings. We would put up all the barricades, and then we kind of hang out and then race in the middle of the day. And then after the men's and pro race every day, we'd uh, we'd put everything back in the truck. So it ended up being about uh, three to four hours of manual labor a day. Yeah, and you've done this before too, but you've done it for uh, the Two of America's Day. Two of America's Dayland. Yeah, yeah, and you think that doing these, uh, working these races would be very similar, very different experiences. Very different. Yep. And mainly being, you know, Milwaukee during in the early morning, you know, late afternoon, you're not really going to get much traffic. We really nope. never drove more than an hour. In Chicago, there's traffic all the time. And no matter where you guys went, it's always like an hour and a half drive. Yeah, I mean, we, we basically had to leave for sure. On most days, I'd say like 45 minutes to an hour uh, before we were supposed to be there just to get to the venue and stuff like that. The interesting thing with the Intelligentsia Cup is I think it's a little bit more like a traditional stage race. There's no time trial, but with the Tour of America's Dairyland, it's 11 days of pure criterium racing, four-corner flat races. With the Intelligentsia Cup... It's actually, let's see, it's 10 total days. Uh, seven days are crits, and then there's actually three pretty long road races. I didn't realize there was three road races. Yeah, and they were back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So, And I think for the Cat 3s, we did roughly 50 miles a day. Did you do all three? I did all three. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and they were, they were pretty cool, actually. So the first, well, some of them were pretty cool. The first day was um, the Dennis Jeers Memorial Road Race, and that was actually really cool because it was a road race that was in a neighborhood. So oh. it was, I think, about a three-and-a-half-mile loop. Okay, so these are like circuit races. Yeah, they are circuit races, so they're about three miles long. That's about the loop. So we're doing laps, right? But it was in a neighborhood, so it, it was like a long crit course. So there's as many there's like as many corners as you would find in a crit, but jammed into a road race. I guess it's probably more of like a, what you find in like Europe is like a Kermesse race where it's like it's still really technical, but it's still really fast. So on races like this, yeah. for just your category, were there breakaways? 
for my category, so we had, let's see, there's three days of road racing, and actually there was never a breakaway in the road race. Interesting. And I sum that up to, we don't do enough road racing in the U.S. Yeah. for people to... Nobody ever lets people get away. Well, they just don't really understand, like, I think people don't really understand, like, it's just so different from a crit, right? Like, yeah. It's basically a double crit, sometimes a triple crit, right? Because we were racing roughly two hours. So, like, for all three days, it was a bunch finish. And that's because the first 20 minutes felt like a crit. People raced 20 minutes really hard, like a crit. And then all of a sudden, it, it's almost as, as if everybody looks down at their computer and they're like, oh, we got to do this for, like, you know, an hour and 40 minutes longer. There's no way we're going to race, like, this hard for that long. And then everybody kind of, like, chills out for a while. But... And it was pretty flat, too. The second day was at, at an actual race car track, uh, the Autobahn in Joliet, Illinois. And that was pretty cool. We were all running, like, 120 PSI because the roads were, like, perfectly perfectly smooth and flat. And the tarmac was so nice. And the corners were really wide open, too. So, like, there was no reason to run, like, below 120 PSI. So that was pretty cool. And then the last day was the South Chicago well, of the road races. Yeah. The South Chicago road race. Which was actually just a giant three-mile hot dog course. Oh, they got rid of the uh, the course with the really the good-sized hill? Yeah, I think that was Willow Springs. They didn't have that this year. Oh, mm-hmm. man. I like that course. Yeah. So with this course, it was kind of lame, actually, because everybody was kind of tired from like the last two days of road racing. So, And it was pan flat, and it was on the lakefront, so there was a, like a block headwind going one direction so for our race like a breakaway didn't get away nobody wanted to let it go so after the first hour we just kind of soft pedaled around until we sprinted for the 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 final like you know five minutes of the race we went really hard we actually let this guy in a bright orange like kit just basically ride off the front and he basically stayed out there for like an hour just like in front of us because we nobody wanted to go you know everybody just wanted to soft pedal for how far out was he well he, he at one point i think he got to be like he probably had like a 30 second gap oh okay so not that far out we could see him the entire time okay yeah i mean it was it was kind of a, i don't know i don't really like that course that much i thought it was just kind of like a filler for the week you know they just yeah. need to find like another venue and then i probably after, wanted to add like another road race to call it a stage race probably yeah. attract like some more more like roadie pros i think so yeah i think people that like that are more in, into the road races definitely got yeah. into those couple days for sure for sure and then after the road races, it was, uh, I think, like, five more crits. And then that was the week. So it was tiring. It was a lot of work. Um, but it was really cool, too, like, seeing what goes into making these bike races happen. And, like, the amount of work that's required to set up all those barricades, get, like, the stage out for a bigger event race. I think sometimes people, they get a little, like, salty that they pay, like, 50 or $60 to do the bigger races, but it is, like, a production value. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, you're paying for something. It's not just because it's a big race, you have to pay $50. You know, you're paying for, like, you know, Brad Soner to be there, like, making fun of all the Cat 3s and the Cat 4s. And yeah. You got to pay for, you know, all of, like, the USA Cycling people. You know how much he makes a, makes a day? I uh, it's a, do I? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I believe sure. it's, like, a to commentate, he makes, like, a thousand bucks a day it's I not bad i wouldn't doubt bad. it no i wouldn't doubt That's what it. you should do rick he's i don't so brad's got like the voice he's got a yeah, voice for bike racing you got the face for radio yeah exactly. ah. <laughs> nice nice um just kidding he is a beautiful young 25 year old 
Uh, not single, but who knows? Maybe he wants to mingle. Uh, I don't know about that, Ryan. I am married. <laughs> just kidding. Nice, nice save. Nice Kaylee, save. Just kidding. She uh, doesn't Kaylee doesn't listen to these. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it, it's just cool. Cool racing um, for sure. And uh, I got so we had like quite a bit of time throughout the day where we weren't actually having to do anything. So I actually w- took a chance to kind of wander around with uh, with my cell phone. And uh, you know, get some get some insight from some of the racers there, some uh, some of the fast people of the Intelligentsia Cup, and kind of pick their brains on a couple questions. Yeah, so that's what we want to do. We got some audio of some pros. Uh, we're gonna play some of that. Uh, what, what we'll probably do is play a clip, maybe talk about it, talk about who they are, mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. a little bit more, play another clip. Yeah, I got, roll a couple, with it. got a couple questions, and yeah. then for the, I think these first couple clips too, I couldn't decide whether to ask them the questions beforehand or during the time I was talking to them. Yeah. So there, you know, the format might change for the first just couple interview ease, uh, but just bear with us; it kind of gets like sorted out in the next couple questions. Yeah. Did you want to say, before playing these? Did you want to say anything about them? Oh, uh, we can just talk about the question, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I uh, sat down with a couple folks and I, I asked them, um, you know, why Intelligentsia? Um, why they why they make the trip to uh, Chicagoland to do uh, ten days of racing? All right, so we'll play the first clip then. Yeah, play the first couple. All right, just tell me one. Are you gonna ask me the question? Nope. <laughs> I already asked them for you. Uh, my name is Britley Bowman and I ride for the Meteor Intelligentsia. I'm from New York City and this is actually my first time at the series and I just flew in today. So I haven't done it yet, but the rest of my team has been here all week, and they love it, we love it, and we share a sponsor with the series, so we're stoked to be here. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Just talk right in the air. Hello, I'm Sharon Smith. I'm from Long Beach, California. Well, Signal Hill, technically. Um, I'm here at the 2018 Intelligentsia Cup. Um, to have some fun. We're done racing in SoCal. Um, my buddy Rasan's here, my teammate Steven, and my other teammates Eric's coming later tonight. So we're out to have some fun and race in Chicago and see if we get some couple of wins. Cool. What's your name? Leonard Klein. Uh, what team are you racing with this week? Um, I'm racing for Team Canals from Germany, from Cologne. And uh, where are you from? I'm also from Cologne. Uh, I work in Berlin, but I'm, I'm based in Cologne, Germany. And yeah. And what do you like about the uh, race series, Intelligentsia Cup? Uh, it's For us Germans, it's co- totally different to have 10 races in a row and to get so much racing in, in such a short period of time. And so it's real fun to come over here. And it's real aggressive racing, which is fun. And compared to Germany, a lot more people actively take part in the race. So, yeah, I really like it to, to have this different experience with different racers and different courses than compared to Germany. And, yeah, that brings us back here every year. Cool. Thanks, man. Hey, appreciate it. Yeah, it was Okay, so those were our, our uh, first round of questions. Uh, definitely sounds like people are having a good time and enjoying coming down to the Intelligentsia Cup. I thought our, uh, our last guy, Leonard, was really interesting, too. Being let's, that let's talk about the two other people first, because... We're gonna talk about the last guy. Oh yeah, but let's just touch on the two. Oh yeah, we get one. yeah yeah we can touch. Yeah, the first guy, the first guy, he's from Southern California, where all the big rate, like all the big pros races are typically earlier in the year. That's some. That's kind of where a lot of pros go to race. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. their seasons sounds like their seasons over, and that yep. team, Rash, uh, Rashan Bahadi's team, uh, that's a huge team. Rashan Bahadi was essentially the. 
the Lance Armstrong of crit racing for yeah, the longest time. Yeah, without the doping. Without the doping. Yeah, he, multi-time but, national champion. Yes, he showed up to a race and he won. Let's, yeah. let's call him the Mark Cavendish He's, of crit racing. Yeah, we'll call him the, uh, yeah, like the Babe Ruth of crit racing. There you, you know, go. He calls yeah. a shot and, uh, and makes it. Yeah. So, yeah, he's and he's still racing too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. He, uh, he's still out there. He does the Masters race. Uh, he did win, I think, the last stage of Intelligentsia at Goose Island, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a two-man breakaway for most of the race, which is not like Bahati. I mean, he's kind of a guy that you usually see, like, you know, tail gunning off the back. But, you know, he kind of, like, caught a good move, and he went with it. So that was pretty sweet to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second woman? Yeah. Uh, Brittley Bowman. Yes. She's with the Meteor Intelligentsia team, um, which was really cool to see them there. Uh, like she said, they share a sponsor, since Intelligentsia Coffee is the title sponsor of the Intelligentsia Cup. So they had, like, a full squad there, which is really cool to see. Uh, that team is super fast, too. Is that a local team? Uh, no, it's not a local team. No. It's, they, they are located in, I think, the East Coast. I think they're they're based out of the east coast got it i believe that might not be true um they had a really fast sprinter with them uh jess mundy uh, i think she was uh close to the top three if not in the top three for the overall omnium um every day those those uh those girls were definitely making the race too either in the breakaway chasing the breakaway down setting up for the sprint so that's pretty awesome to see okay and then our right. last guy, Leonard. Yeah, coming, German. I think his name was Leonard. We'll okay. call him Leonard. Okay. Uh, coming over from, from Germany, they were with the Kern House team. And, uh, I was see, that a full German squad? Full German squad. Okay. Yep. Uh, and those guys, I've seen them the last, I think, two years in the Intelligentsia Cup. They love coming out for this racing. Um, so in Germany, he I talked to him a little bit after, too, and he said that the racing, they do primarily Criterium Racing 2. It's a little bit different, though. It's maybe a little bit longer. Kind I think of what some, we were talking bef- about more, before. More like circuit. Three, yeah, yeah, more three like, mile races. Yeah, more like circuit racing. And also, too, uh, categorized amateur racing is not as big of a thing in, yeah. in other European countries and as that's, well. And that's what he meant from having the whole uh, community exactly. involved. I forgot what he said exactly. You know, but not as many people come out for the races. Yeah, uh, people don't really yeah. go out to those races and, because and there's the, no other categories. It's just a pro race, yep. and you're you're not really going to see them go by. And in the U.S., we have categories 1 through 5 that are racing throughout the day at these bigger events. So there's basically people racing their bikes all day long from pretty much 9 a.m. in the morning till 8 p.m. at night. Yeah, and then, too, I mean, the people in the surrounding area go to those races in Europe and you see them go by once every if it's a three mile course once every five ten minutes five ten well, minutes I guess maybe. Yeah, yeah like ten minutes maybe. yeah depending, no, on the course, yeah. depending on the course depending on the course but here I mean you, you see them go by pretty often yeah so every every minute to two minutes depending on the course yeah. yeah well let's get into the next question then alright so I asked a couple more questions with this one, let's see. Um, I asked a couple of our our, uh, our fast riders that I could find. Uh, how do you prepare for a ten day series like the Intelligentsia Cup? Yeah, do you th- want to talk about what you did to prepare? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, let's I call think it like a month out, maybe like two months out. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really interesting question because it depends on what your goal is with this event. So, like, do you want to come into the Intelligentsia Cup, and are you looking? Is this like your your goal event is this your a event you know do you want to like really do well here or are you you could kind of use it as like almost a training camp right to like really build your fitness up i i was somewhere in the middle there because i still wanted to some to build on my fitness for some later season races and i knew i was going to be working the event so i didn't want to come in too cooked 
So this was pretty much on the back of Toad. So I, I kind of had like a little bit of a, a rest doing some of the Toad races. I didn't have a whole a lot of a big training load. And then after after our, our Toad races, I took kind of a recovery. I did two big weeks, and for me, big weeks are like uh, twelve to fourteen hours. And that's, then, a, that's a decent week. Yeah, that's a big week for me. I usually don't quite hit that that high of volume. And then about a week out, I basically rested. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's hard to say because I was pretty much tired no matter what because of the situation that we were in. But um, I felt pretty good. You know, I think that I think I definitely had a little a nice compensation from doing those two big weeks, yeah. giving my, my body enough time to rest and recover. And I think, yeah, you're just you have to balance uh, having a, a high degree of fitness, but also not not so fatigued that you start to really deteriorate as the week goes on. OK. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's play. Uh, yeah. Let's play the clips. Let's roll into it. So, what's yeah, right the first it. question? Oh, uh, what's your name? Yeah, so my name is Zach Morris. Thanks, Zach, though. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no worries, Steve. <laughs> uh, my name is Zach Morris, and I'm originally from Toronto, Can- Canada, but right now I'm racing out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Nice. And team you're racing with? Yeah, so it's a team that I sponsored. It's called Bear Composites. Oh, okay. Do you guys make wheels and stuff like that? Yeah, we make wheels. Yeah, we manufacture wheels. Yeah, very cool. And then uh, tips for kind of getting ready for like a, a big stage race, like Intelli, you know, ten days long. Yeah, so I mean, everybody focuses on getting in shape for you know a race like this, which obviously you know you need to have a good level of fitness coming here. But uh, when it comes down to being able to you know put power down day in and day out, you really have to be focusing on recovery and. You know, there's really two components to that, and in my mind, it's rest and nutrition. And you know, <clears throat> I would put a lot of energy into uh, gaining as much knowledge and implementing as much um, as you can into maximizing your recovery. You know, you can't uh, you can't come out here every day and perform well if you're not recovering properly. So that'd be my tip. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. What's your name? Have a good race. I'm Rick. So, uh, what's your name? Debbie Milne. And uh, who are you riding with? Uh, Papa John's presented by Trek. And where are you from? Greenville, South Carolina. Okay. And what is your, uh, how do you prepare for a series like Intelligentsia? Well, you do a lot of training and then have a nice little rest and then kind of get opened back up before you come. And then every time you finish a race, the next thing you do is start a new recovery for the next day. And that's nutrition and getting the legs clear of lactic acid. It might be Epsom salt baths, might be recovery boots, a little spin, and then, you know, get good sleep and nutrition's everything. And then maybe self-massage and you get up and you do it again. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. So what's your name? Janelle Cole. And what team are you riding for this week? United Healthcare Pro Cycling. And where are you from? Originally Michigan, Grand Rapids area. Cool. So how do you prepare for a series like the Intelligentsia Cup, 10 days of racing? Well, um, to be honest, I wasn't expecting to race Intelligentsia Cup. Um, my, I've been racing overseas with my team, and my flight happened to come into Chicago O'Hare, and I didn't have a way back to Michigan. So I decided to race here. Um, but normally, prepping for this type of race, um, gosh, I, I'm not really sure how to answer that. You know, everyone's different, but... I like to go into a, a race like this with so many consecutive days of racing as fresh as possible. So I guess I'd lengthen my taper quite a bit to make sure I go in on completely fresh legs. Cool. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. 
All right, so that was our second clip. Yep, and I think we had uh, some common themes there. Yeah. yeah. Kind of what you were saying before. They all they really focus on recovery. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like name of the game, right? You've got to race really hard for 10 days, and not only really hard, but like it's a crit, so you're doing a lot of sprinting. You're like really taxing your legs. I mean, if there's anything that really makes your legs feel heavy, it's like repeated sprints over and over again day after day. Yeah, that's the difference between like crit racing and uh, road racing is, mm-hmm. I mean, during the Tour de France, they'll say like some of those flatter stages, it's essentially a recovery ride for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, the road races that we did, they were flat maybe, but they weren't long enough to make it so that everybody kind of raced easy. It was still pretty short. Yeah. People raced in those pro races, maybe for us it was easy in the amateur races. Those guys were going really hard, and there was like race deciding moves that were going off um, every day in those road races. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it seemed like um, that's how all of these uh, these really fast people are getting through the week. You know, they're just making sure they were eating really good food, putting their feet up, doing a little bit of foam rolling, maybe stretching it out, and getting ready for the next day. Yeah, and even coming into the races, I think every single one of them. Besides the last person who didn't know they were going to race. <laughs> right, surprise. <laughs> uh, they really focused on tapering for that 10 days mm-hmm. and preparing for that, how much fatigue their body is going to go through. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't go into it without with being tired, right? I mean, you're gonna you're going to be tired by the end of it no matter what. So you've just got to be sure to come into it as fresh as possible pretty much. So what do you think if you, you got have a big block right before racing yeah how much time do you take off or to do a recovery ride, recovery rides to prepare for a race like this or our upcoming race at gateway cup do you take only like a week or do you think it should be like a two-week taper where two weeks out you just lower down the workload and then one week out it's just all recovery rides well i what, i would you do i guess I, I you know i'm no cycling coach so i'm just pe- speaking from experience but I think, you know, say you did like a two to three weeks really hard, you know, I, I tend to lean towards, it all depends on how tired you're actually feeling. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of shorter rest periods, so maybe not going so deep on the training, maybe keeping it not, you know, maybe like getting yourself up to like 95%, but not pushing like too close to like 100% of what you could possibly handle. And then maybe like a five day like rest taper period between your last um, you know, really big training day, and then your next key event. I guess you could maybe push it out to seven days, and mm-hmm. then have like kind of a like an opener, like a like a short and intense workout in the middle there. But I think anything past seven days, and for me personally, um, I just kind of start to feel flat. Yeah, you kind of lose the benefits of recovery yeah. and kind of go into the downward turn of fitness. Yeah, even if I'm doing some short snappy stuff, like I need like a kind of a big day again to like feel like I'm I'm holding on to my fitness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a mental thing too. It, it is a mental thing. You got to you got to like keep the body open is what I've always heard people say. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make sure that you're not letting yourself close up and and uh get like almost like too sensitive to to the training, I guess. Kind of a weird way to look at it, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then I so yeah so we covered uh, how are these uh, some of these pros some of these fast riders preparing for the race, but I wanted to know uh, what was their favorite course uh, after ten days of racing. Well, I guess I asked this question on the ninth day, so technically not ten days of racing, but everybody that I asked, I think had done it once or twice maybe. Um, you know what do they like doing? Which which course do they like to uh, to race at? So what would you say? Me personally, yeah. Of the of the courses you mm-hmm. you raced, or maybe if there was a, a course after, 
where you're like, I really w- wish I would race that course? Uh, there's two that stick out in my head. I really like the Dennis Jarius Memorial Road Race. That was in Elgin, Illinois. That was really cool. That was like what I mentioned, kind of like the really long crit. Um, that was a pretty sweet race. And then there was also another race called the uh, Tour of Lake Glen Ellen, which was a crit that went around uh, Lake Glen Ellen, but it had kind of like a really cool topography. It was not, it was, the, there wasn't a whole lot of elevation, but it was never flat. It was always slightly up, slightly down, uh, really technical. There had to have been at least like, I think, eight corners in this race. So super, super technical, but super fun. It was mm-hmm. really fast too. So um, I didn't get a chance to do that race this year, but I did do it last year. Okay. Yeah, but let's find out what other well, people like. I've raced into oh, that before. That, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ryan. I forgot. What was your favorite course that you did? I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the... I don't think there was a lake there, so I don't know. It, it went okay. around a large park slash school, was there? it was, was like 12 turn. It was like 12 corners, and then right after the finish line, you did an S... S curve. I'm pretty sure like a like a really quick uphill. Yep, that's that's Glen Allen. That was. Yep. Okay, that one. Yeah, that was awesome. Super fun course. Hard, hard course, but super hard course, but probably by far my favorite crit course I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, my also my first two three race, and I made it to two or three laps to go, so I was pretty proud of myself. (laughs) Yeah, those are fast races. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. Well, let's find out who else uh, or what else people were liking. Yeah. Let's play the audio. So what's your name? Uh, my name is Chris Wider. What team are you with this week, Chris? So I'm with uh, Team Bicycle Heaven. And where are you from? I'm from Long Grove, Illinois. Awesome, another local guy. Uh, so what's been your favorite stage of the Intelligentsia Cup this week? So actually it was yesterday at the Amherst uh, Classic. That seemed like uh, the, ener- the energy was really high up there, a night criterium. It's just like on a Friday night, it's, it seemed like a party atmosphere, a fast race. The crowd was there, so it's definitely Amherst for me. Night criterium with some uh, pretty technical chicanes in there too. Did you uh, manage to stay upright? Yeah, I definitely did. I avoided that uh, crash in the middle, but everything was good. You know, in the Pro 1-2, they know how to hold their lines, and everybody respect everybody's uh, path. So it was a very safe race. All right, thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, what's your name? My name is Colin Strickland. Uh, what team are you riding with this week? I ride for Meteor Giordana Racing. And where are you from, Colin? I am from Austin, Texas. And seeing that we're almost through the Intelligentsia Cup, what's been your favorite stage so far? Let's see, so far I'd say my favorite stage has been uh, West Dundee. Ah, road race, nice man. Oh wait, no, West Dundee is a crit. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yep, that's right. Alright, so you got Colin Strickland. I did. That's a big name. That is a big name. I've not For those of uh, listening who don't remember or don't uh, know who that is, earlier, I think it was in our first podcast, we I think talked it was. about Colin Strickland. We did. Red Hook Superstar. Yeah. Yep. Colin We've talked, about, I think, in our last podcast, talking about Toad, we talked about him too. Yeah, I think he was probably one of the uh, uh, most well-known, if not probably fastest rider at Intelligentsia this week. And uh, man, it was a, a little starstruck talking to him. It was, uh, it was a big name, man. Sounds um, like he's a nice guy, though. He's a super nice guy. I wish I would have actually chatted with him a little bit longer. I didn't want to bother him. But, uh, I, yeah, I went up to him, and he was just, like, you know, more than happy to talk to me. I thought I would have been annoying him. But uh, super nice guy. He is actually talking to me more about, like, my races and what was going on this week. I'm like, dude, I'm not important. Like, Colin <laughs> Strickland. <laughs> so that was, that was pretty sweet. Um, so he really liked West Dundee. And that was a course that we did, I think, 
uh, not Thursday, Wednesday of the series. And it's what's uh, it has a big feature in it called the Leg Breaker. So it's just a super steep, uh, I forgot the exact grade of the hill, probably lasts about 20 seconds, and you just go, it's straight up a wall. So super Is it similar steep. to like Schlitz Park? Um, I would say it's a little bit steeper and a little bit shorter. Okay. So it's a really hard effort, and then you basically spend the rest of the, uh, it kind of flattens out for half a lap, and then you go like straight down the hill. So super, super fast downhill. And, um, I mean, after, after like 40 minutes, I mean, you're just dying. It's a super hard race and they call it the leg breaker. That's what, uh, that's what the, uh, the residents of West Dundee have named the feature of the course. And Colin Strickland spent some time off the front of that race. Wow. Uh, so yeah, not only did, not only did he attack up the climb, but he is actually off the front. So there was a, uh, a group of two off the front that didn't include Colin Strickland and then he was in a chase group of two I believe I believe this is what happened I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly he was in the second chase group I know he was for sure off the front for a little bit during that race um and I can't remember if he got third or fourth but he was definitely flying that's for sure and then uh, our other guy Chris in there I think he's a local Chicago guy he was really into the Elmhurst course which was the Friday night course and the cool thing about Elmhurst was the uh, Pro 1-2 race is completely at, at night it's, or, or completely under the lights um, it's a pretty technical course in that it has a high speed downhill chicane <clears throat> excuse me so the riders would come flying through there and it would really break up the field a lot. I think a group of seven riders got off the front during that race, and they were taking that chicane so fast that there had to have been six bike lengths in between each rider and the brake because they just needed that much space between each other through the chicane. Is it kind of like, again, kind of like Schlitz Park, where pros will say there is one line through Schlitz Park. Oh, yeah. And if you're not taking that line, you're slowing down and going back. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'd see guys try to go three wide through the corner, and it would just slow the entire group down. People people were just you know getting shot out the back because they couldn't navigate the turn properly. They were using a lot of energy up. So that was a really cool course. That was probably the only course, I think, during the week that I have never done and I didn't get to do this year. So I'll definitely be returning to the Intelligence Cup next year to do that course. Yeah? Yeah. For right. sure. So what do we got next? All right. So we got our last question next. Next, okay. And seeing that it is the Intelligentsia Cup, it's, well, it's sponsored by Intelligentsia, the title sponsor, um, I wanted to ask everybody what their favorite uh, pre-race coffee is. Ooh. You know, as a cyclist, that's a pretty important question. Yeah. And everybody, it, I was actually pretty surprised that pretty much everybody answered right away. They had their, uh, they had course, their go-to. Of course. Right? That's, so for, for you personally... What do you do before a cyclocross race versus a crit race? And what do you do before training? Oh, so we're talking coffee-wise? Coffee-wise. Okay, so I, I like to have my pre... Well, if I'm training, usually it's in the afternoon after work. So I'm usually not not going with coffee when I'm training. But let's say, we'll say it's on a it's weekend. A Saturday. It's a weekend. It's yeah. a Saturday. I'm doing usually the same thing for training and racing if it's a crit. I like to do a uh, just like a single shot of espresso, really light with the coffee. Um, if it's in the fall with the cyclocross race and it's kind of cold outside, maybe I go with like a kind of like a regular drip coffee, just black, mm -hmm. and kind of warms me up a little bit, gets me you know kind of perked up for the race, and uh, it's a good start to the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you? What do you go with? Uh, I'm pretty different with all of them. I'm pretty similar. So cyclocross, I'm gonna make a nice coffee and drink it on the way to the race. If it's a crit race or something, I'll try to get like a cold brew 
If it's a hot oh, day. goats. For summer crit racing, cold brews. Yeah, way cold to go. brews are great. Yeah, and it's got a lot of caffeine in it. Yes, yes. And if I'm just at home on, well, first off, I drink coffee at work all day long. I'll get my last cup at 3 o'clock and leave at 4 o'clock. You're one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, on the weekend... You're really, you're really earning your paycheck in coffee. Of course, yeah. <laughs> on the weekend, I'll usually do an espresso or a cappuccino made from my wonderful espresso machine. Mm. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, right now, I'm all about... World Markets Sumatra coffee. I see some sitting on your counter right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if World Market's just a Wisconsin thing or not. I don't know. I'm but not sure. If it isn't, so there's no other World Markets in the world. I don't know. Not sure. <laughs> um, but if if you're by a World Market, check out their coffee. It's called Sumatra. It's um amazing. I think it's it's like not like very acidic, but it's got a very rich flavor. Like a very bold flavor. Yeah, that's why yeah. I like it. I like a little flavor. I do too. You know? That sounds good. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it yeah, out. And try yeah, it, Ryan. Or uh, what I got for Christmas last year actually was Death Wish coffee. Yeah, that's that's a really good coffee. Nice. So those are oh, my... they, there's, a, there's a lot of caffeine in that too, right? Yes, it, yes. yeah. That's why it's called Death Wish yeah. coffee. But if you're just going to Walmart, yeah, I, I go Folgers all the way. Folgers. Folgers yeah. for some reason honestly tastes pretty good. It, nice. It's like if. If I need to just get coffee, I'm going to Folgers. Yeah, and during during the race, um, since it is it was sponsored by Intelligentsia, they had like a cold cold brew set up there every single day. Um, so I was just drinking Intelligentsia cold brew coffee all week. And there you go, man, that stuff hit the spot. That is that is my recommendation. If you're in the, like Chicago area, I think there is a couple different locations throughout the United States too. Uh, get yourself an Intelligentsia yeah. cold brew coffee. They were on uh, Conan. Like Conan O'Brien. Oh, really? Conan O'Brien went for one of their shows. They went to Intelligentsia yeah. in Chicago. Chicago, okay. And went through the whole like roasting process with mm-hmm. them. So that was kind of cool. They've got some good coffee. Yeah. 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 Well, let's jump into uh, some of our guests and see what they drink before their race. All right, let's do it. What's your name? Brandon Fury. What team are you racing with this week? I'm racing with the South Chicago Wheelman. And uh, where are you from? Uh, from South Chicago and Homewood, but live in knoxville tennessee awesome man local boy so uh what is your go-to pre-race coffee tea espresso i definitely go with a nice espresso if i don't have an espresso i have a nice coffee cool thanks a lot man yeah all right so uh what's your name ian helped uh where uh or who you riding with this week ian montan it's a chinese clothing company nice i've heard of that before actually It's, it's very interesting and where are you from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, okay, so not too far away from Chicago. Yeah. Um, so what's your go-to uh, pre-race or pre-ride coffee? And if you don't drink coffee, whatever you go to. Uh, some sort of Americano, iced or hot, depending on the day. And is it Intelligentsia? No. It's whatever I can get my hands on. Okay. <laughs> it, it, that was an okay answer, but <laughs> we'll roll with it. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Okay, so what's your name? Uh, Tasman Nankervis. Uh, what team are you racing with this week? Uh, GPM Stultz from Australia. And where are you from? Uh, near Melbourne, Benio, Victoria. So, yeah, about an hour north of one of the main cities in Australia. Awesome, bit of a travel for you guys. Um, so what's your, uh, what's your go-to pre-race or pre-ride coffee? Oh, they mix it up lately. Americano or a Cort- uh, Cortato. I've tried to just get on that bandwagon. 
The coffee's actually been rather good here. Some people warned me it wasn't that great, but so far, so good. Oh, it's good to hear, especially since you're at the Intelligentsia Cup. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, right. I appreciate you. it. Yeah, easy, good man. luck. See ya. All right, so there you have it. That's what the pros drink. That's, that's what the fast people of the Intelligentsia Cup are fueling their races with. Mostly Americanos and Espressos. Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for our interviews with yep. the pros. We do have a little bit more audio from from Intelli, but we are going to save that for a later podcast. Yeah, we're so going to look out for that. We're going to do another episode on some of that other content. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch everybody up with that in a few weeks. Yeah. So... Four weeks time, we're going to be at Gateway That's all right. four days. Last big crit racing weekend yep. in the United States of the year. Yep. In two weeks, we got kind of a, a prep race. Yeah, a little tune-up. Yeah. A little tune-up. So, Rick, what's going to be your four, next four weeks? What's it look like? <sighs> well, right, right now, I currently have some mean road rash. Uh, so, you know, this is kind of a weird time to take a mid-season break, but I'm taking a little bit of a break, and then I'm going to be doing probably two, two and a half big weeks before the Intelligent, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, the Gateway Cup in St. Louis. Um, so I think I'm going to probably be doing, uh, you know, getting some good volume in just to keep the fitness up, but also doing uh, some motor pacing, actually. I'm gonna motor just, pacing? Yep, going to get behind the scooter a little bit. And use Who's that. scooter? Uh, Kaylee's got a scooter. Kaylee's got a scooter. Kaylee's got a scooter. It's at her parents' house in oh. Lake Mills. So if you want to join me, I think we I might, do want to. Yeah, join. we're gonna be doing some motor pacing. Damn. Um. Yeah, and Leaf, Leaf might join us too. Ooh. Yeah. So yeah. it's gonna be. Uh, I think that's gonna be kind of the secret sauce to kind of getting us ready for the Gateway Cup. For you sure. Know, getting behind the scooter, getting some of that high cadence sprint work in our legs. Yeah. I know that's what I really need to work on is that just finishing kick to the line. And mm-hmm. that's going to be what it takes to do well at Gateway Cup. It's four days of pretty flat grid racing. It's just generic, flat, four corners fast. racing. That's honestly, you know what? That's just what I'm looking forward to. Four yeah. days of pure speed. It's going to be awesome. I yeah. can't wait. What about you, Ryan? What are what are your like uh, next couple weeks looking like? So I am in full on peak mode right now. Yeah, you're, you're looking to go fast. Yeah, so I'm focusing on VO2 max, you know, sprint efforts right now. Uh, next week, we got that mini race. I'm going to kind of see where my fitness is there. Uh, it's going to be a two-day, three-stage race. The first one's a 30-mile road race, which is pretty short. More like a circuit race. More like a long crit. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like a, it's meant to be like a long crit. Yeah. Um, and then same afternoon, there's going to be a time trial, a five-mile tra- time trial. The next day, it's another. It's a crit. I think it's going to be a great prep race. Good tune-up, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, where, see where we're at. And then continue that you know, for the next week. After that, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing, and then I'm going to taper that last week, take a full recovery, come into Gateway Fresh. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think that's going to work really good. All right. For sure, for sure. So that'll, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll wrap up our uh, our podcast this week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to watch, or excuse me, tuning in to listen, uh, catching some of our really cool interviews that we got at the Intelligentsia Cup. Um, yeah, can't say enough good things about that event, for sure. I mean, if anybody is thinking about taking a week off, heading out, and finding some races, look for no further than the Intelligentsia Cup. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon. Yeah. See you later, everybody.